So I'm going to read it. It's Psalm 33. So just bear with me. It's a little bit long, but we have to read the whole, whole psalm to get the whole picture. So if you have your Bibles, could you turn to Psalm 33? Okay. It says, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with a harp. Make music to him on the ten-string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord follows the plans of the nations. He thoughts the purposes of of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down. And sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do. And now this is the, the part that really stands out for me. That I'm really holding on at the moment. It says, no king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Now I'm going to explain why this means so much to me at this moment. Um, Some of you um, have teenage kiddies and whatever, but my daughter is 11 years old and she's starting high school. And... (laughs) And it's so, I think it's more scary for me than her because, first of all, I have to make the right choices about where she's going, what school she's going to. And, of course, when you're looking at schools, you go through everything, you go to evenings, you see all the things they do, and and you measure them up, and you look, and it becomes so confusing. But most of all, I found myself becoming extremely fearful. I looked at all these things and measured and spoke to some of you. Palmy knows I spoke to her trying to figure out what is the right thing. What is the right school for my daughter? But somehow, no school is right for her (laughs) because I want to just keep her with me. But obviously, I can't do that. So it was just, I I became so fearful. I started looking at at certain things. Anyway, we finally chose a school that she was going to go to. And even through the holidays, I'm going through turmoil in my head and in my heart. And God, did I make the right decision? Did I make the right choice? But there's nothing I can do. I've done it. We've left it. Me and my husband, we've left it in God's hands, hopefully. But the thing is, the thing that the reason the this, this scripture says no king is saved by the size of his army is because the things that I looked at that I thought could bring me peace in this decision, looking at, for instance, 
oh yeah, if that person, if so many kids from her class are going to the school, maybe she'll be safer maybe because she'll know more people. Maybe if this teacher, I know this person or whatever. And I kept on doing that. I kept on looking on the outside, looking at, uh, at everything and everybody else. My eyes was not on God. And God says, it doesn't matter what you're looking at. It doesn't matter what you are counting on. It doesn't matter how you, you, you're measuring other things. You're depending on other people to, to make you feel secure and think that, okay, this is going to work for her. He says, your faith should not be in the size of your army. Your faith should not be in the, in the things that, that you think, oh, that is going to help me through. Oh, that is going to be the thing that's going to give her confidence. He says, your faith should be in my unfailing love unfailing love, love that never fails. I still didn't get it. I was still in turmoil. And I think God God is so awesome that he takes his time with me. He takes his time with us. He will, he will explain things. He will, he will encourage us more over and over. So I'm going to read a couple of more scriptures that finally, hopefully convinced me that God's love is unfailing and I can put my trust in him. There's a scripture in 1 Chronicles 2, and it's a story about David. Now, if you know David, you know he was a warrior. He fought, and God gave him victory in all of his um, battles, and he was a man after God's own heart, and it was just amazing the way he trusted God, how he defeated Goliath. He didn't put trust and faith in himself, but he went for it because he knew God was on his side. But there was a time that David decided to count his army. He wanted to see how many men, how many fighting men were in um, Israel. And he sent out Joab or Joash. He sent out Joash to count all his men. And he came back and he said, oh, you have so many men in your army, so many fighting men in your army. But you know what? That did not please God. It didn't please God because it wasn't the size of David's army. It wasn't the people that was with David that gave him victory over his challenges and over his, the things, the, the um, battles that he was going through. It was God's unfailing love. It was God's power. So if we go back to Psalm 33, at the beginning we read about how God created the world and how he spoke everything into being and how he's in control of the seas and how he's in control of, of the weather and of everything. And I'm thinking, so shouldn't that make me trust him more because of what he has done, because how he put everything together? Why do I not trust him? Why do I look at the size of my army? And we can put that in lots of different places in our lives, not just me and schools and whatever. There were other places in my life, obviously, where I needed to look to him more than to the things that I could think I could put my trust in, whether it is a financial thing or whether it is a health thing. I don't know what it, what it could possibly be. But that is what God says. Don't count on your army. Count on me. Count on my unfailing love. Count on the power that I have, the plans that I have, the things that I know about you. Nothing else is worthy. Only I am worthy. I remember uh, not so long ago, um, my family and I, we went to South Africa um, for a visit after 10 years of not being there because we couldn't afford to go for 10 years. We couldn't afford to go out there and see our families and, and stuff. And, but at the beginning of the year, we sort of prayed about it and we wrote it down, right, this year we want to go to South Africa. But we didn't know how we were going to get there. 
But God made a way. We didn't have the finances. We didn't pay for anything. He made a way and he used people to help us. So already there's proof to me that all I need to do is trust in God and he will work everything out for me. I'm thinking about you guys in the academy. You are trusting God. You are stepping out. There's a lot of things that you could possibly think of. There's a lot of things that could possibly stop you. If you think, oh, finances, or oh, what am I going to do? Or this just doesn't seem right to take a whole year out for God. But put your faith in his unfailing love. Put your faith in him, the God, the creator of all things that will provide everything you need in this year. That you are making such an amazing sacrifice by taking time out to serve him and to hear him and to follow him. He's got unfailing love that is more powerful than anything that we can ever think of, anything that we can put our eyes on. So I'm going to read another little scripture. We spoke about David. Now I want to speak about um, a guy called Gideon. You might know about Gideon. He's in Judges chapter 6. Now Gideon was sort of the other way around. When God calls Gideon to lead the army, to lead the Israelites into victory and to defeat the Midianite army who was always against them, Gideon looked at himself and he's like, are you sure you're talking to the right guy? I'm, I'm the weakest guy here. My family's the weakest. But God said to him, I am going with you. I am going with you. He said, go in the strength that you have. The little bit of tiny strength that you have, go in that strength because I am with you. So Gideon, again, he didn't look at the size. My arm is big enough or I'm strong enough. He looked at his inadequacies. He looked um, at his limitations, which he think could limit God's power in his life. But God's now, I am with you. God is unlimited. His unfailing love is unlimited. So God says, go in the power that you have or go in the strength that you have. But there was a time that Gideon had an army, and he had an army, I think about 30,000 guys in his army, and God was about to send them into this battle. But then God said to him, you have too many men in your battle. You have too many guys in your army. I need you to reduce these guys. And if you read the story in uh, Judges 6 and Judges 7, you will see how God tells him to reduce his, his army or reduce the men in his army to only 300 men. So now sometimes we feel like I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not clever enough. Maybe I'm not educated enough. But that's not what God looks at because it doesn't depend on us. Nothing God calls us to do depends on us. It's only because of him, only because he is almighty and he is powerful. So all these outside things that limit us is nothing to God. He's the creator of the universe. And I'll read a little piece here where God, he so cleverly tells um, Gideon how to judge which guys goes with him. And it's, it's a funny little thing. I'll read it. Um, yeah, in Judges 7. Verse 4, but the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will sift them out for you there. If I say, this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water there. Uh, there the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues, like a dog from those who kneel down to drink. 300 men lapped with their hands to their mouths. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. 
The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other men go, each to his own place. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 men who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. So God says, with that 300 men, I'm going to defeat the Midianites. So I don't know what it is in your life that you are facing whether battles or difficulties. But you know, there's a little saying that says, um, look at the glass, don't look at the glass half empty, look at the glass half full. But I'm saying, don't look at the glass because that's what, that's what David and Gideon did. Gideon thought, oh, my glass is half empty. David thought, oh, my glass is half full. But we're not supposed to be looking at things like that. Our eyes should be on God. Our eyes should be on the power of God. You know, there's another little saying that I like, which makes so much sense when I think about God. It's, it's something people say when they decorate your house or something, about it, and they'll say, or even when they dress and whatever, you'll get it. And they say, less is more. And that is with God. Less of us is more of him. More of him is what we need, not more of us. Gideon said, I can't do it. I'm nothing. That's great. That is the perfect position for us to be in. We are not the ones. God is the ones. Gideon's army was 300 men. That's great. You don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. God has what it takes. So his unfailing love is more powerful than we can ever think. His love that never fails. His love that never gives up. His love does not depend on me. His love does not depend on what I can do. His love does not depend on what um, I have done. It doesn't depend on how I feel about myself, how I feel on a certain day. It depends on him. He loves us because of him, because of the way he is, the, the stuff inside of him, not because we are better today or we are worse today. So I want to invite you to just think about things in your life that feels like a battle or something that seems like it's too big and you're looking at your circumstance or you're looking at the thing and you're thinking, I can't get through this. Or maybe you think, I can handle this. The, the point is not to look at ourselves, but to keep our eyes on God. He is unfailing and less is much more. Not to count on our army, but to count on God. His love will never fail. Amen.